want to be close, close to your side. Heaven is real, and death is a lie. I want to hear voices of angels above singing as one.
We stepped out of nowhere with the world in his hands. We hung it on nothing but his command. Then he spoke into being all the things that we see. And in of doubt for us that sometimes maybe you go through struggles you feel like you're all alone in that wilderness you're out there in the desert all alone and maybe you've been wondering for one day one year one life 40 years who knows the song's meaning is still ever true listen to these words oh you know his hands they're not wrinkled and there's no law My God, he's never lost his ability to think. Oh, his nerves, they're not shattered. His hair, it's not old and gray. You see, he still works his wonders for his church and mysterious way. Still my child. 
for the offering today. I know it's getting late, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about other things. But I praise God for his grace today, and I'm glad our prayers awoke the master. And I'm glad that he hears our cries. And I believe God's doing mighty things right in the midst of a dark time. And I believe God's working upon this land and upon individual families. I thank God, and I said it before, I believe God's been a little silent about America. And I'm not passing judgment on nobody. We're all a part of this country. And we all, as Christians, the judgment starts at the house of God. So we have to look at ourselves first. We know better. We know better than to blame anyone. It ain't our president. It ain't the Congress. It ain't nobody. But it's our people. And our people needs to repent and call upon God. Until that happens, I think God is in standby. He's waiting on his people to come back to him and want to serve him, want to be his children, not wanting to fit into the world necessarily. And I know God knows all of our needs and all of our wants. He knows everything about us, but he's doing a great work today. Last week I talked about something. I talked about looking up at the glory of God. I talked about looking into the heavens and forgetting where you were standing on this earth but looking at him and the glory of God. He has put enough that when we take these eyes and look up, it increases our faith and makes us believe. And the glory of God, the creator, is so massive and so great and so amazing that we can't comprehend it. And uh, I don't go out west to see necessarily the animals, I don't go out west on vacation. I've been a few times, and I like to go. But can I tell you what I like to see? I like to see God's mountains. I like to think about the mountains in the, in the Bible, and I like to think about the glory of God when I get out there. And today, this week, God put a scripture on my mind, and I'm going to read it to you. And I want you to find it. It's in, the first, or it's in 2 Corinthians, the third chapter. If you've got a Bible or a phone or whatever you're trying to get to, uh, go to 2 Corinthians. Uh, and I want you to look at chapter 3. i got one verse to read there, but I want you to see it. Because it is a branch of what I talked about last week. And when I first started, I thought, Lord, I can't talk about the glory of God twice in a row. But I know you can. I realize you can. But this is a different look at it. Now, I want you to take it into your heart today when you leave here because me and you are accountable to this dark world. We're accountable till God removes us to be his children in this land. God did, you know, otherwise we'd be better off God just come and get us, take us home. If we ain't going to do nothing, if we ain't going to uh, understand what God puts us here for and what he has us in this land for, then we, we don't see what God needs. We're not looking at his will. We're looking at ours. So listen to what I'm telling you. Look at chapter 3. I want you to look at the last verse, verse 18. But we all with open face beholding, that means seeing, as in a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from glory to glory. 
even as by the Spirit of the Lord. Now listen to me when I say this. Glory to glory, as by the Spirit of the Lord. The Spirit of God inside of every one of us is trying to take us on this journey through this life. And He, if we realize that we are surrendered to God and we belong to Him, then we have to understand that God has got a work going on in you and it may not be what you like. See, when He goes from glory to glory, Kim, you had no idea what was going to happen, but you understand this now you're on the glory side of it. You're saying, praise God. Give him praise. Give him honor. Magnify his name. Why? Because God answered a prayer for you. But can I tell you, not everybody gets the same answer. Even other Christians don't get the same answer. But can I tell you, that's not because God's not answering them because you're better or you're anything that's... God knew your need and he took care of it. And God sees what you and I need to do in life. And he may take us in the route that Job went. And you don't want to hear that. Lord, I prayed for it. I woke the master. I cried out to you. I wanted this. I needed it. Lord, you know I needed it. But God says, not now. Not now. Why? Because God is on the glory road and we need to be on the glory road because I have learned in my life that God used me at times when I thought I couldn't do it I didn't want to do it and God says but you don't understand I have plans for you so take and be faithful here and guess what down here you're going to be praising him and he's going to be receiving the glory it ain't for your glory it's for his glory. That's what he's called us to be. We're to walk from glory to glory. And I'm going to tell you something. That don't mean go home and sit in your easy chair. I got an easy chair and I like it. My wife cooks me food. Even when I'm on a diet, I feel like I'm feasting. But can I tell you something other? I receive the glory from him. And I receive praise and magnifying from him because I look at myself, Randy, I say, who am I that God would love me enough to let me find his will, follow his will, and not get what I want? Praise God. I don't always get what I want, but I want what God wants. So when I don't get what I want and down I walk a few more steps faithful and I keep saying I don't know why that happened but I'm going to have to keep walking for God. I got to still read my Bible. I got to still search him. I got to seek for him and I'm still praying God you know my need. Don't you know God's got better plans? Don't you know God will work things out better? Do you know how many times my parents told me no? I thought it destroyed me. What do you mean I can't go all the other kids are going? All the young, young people's going down there. And mom and dad say, I know, but you ain't going. And I think, okay, my parents hate me. <laughs> They're trying to steal my joy. But can I tell you something? Mom and dad wanted their children to walk with God, right? And they wanted, they knew sometimes the answer's no. That's why God put them there. And sometimes when the answer's no, and you refuse to take the answer, you're going to pay a price for it. But if you'll take the answer and walk with it, God will do a greater work for you down the road. He'll bless you even greater down the road. DJ talked about it this morning. 
Don't let those cracks in your life where the enemy will come in. That's where them weeds grow up. That's where them things are wrong. And we've all got them. We've all had them those times. We haven't listened to God. We haven't obeyed God. We haven't searched for God. We found ourselves standing back saying, God, I'm sorry. I need to repent again. In 1 Corinthians 6, 19, it says, What know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and you're not your own? You've been bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit. This is what you ought to be walking for, Christian. Walk that your life will glorify him. In your body, you want to glorify him. And in your spirit, you want to glorify him. It's not your glory. I hope these ministries all across this nation knows that it's not for their glory. If they don't know that, they're missing it. But it's for his glory. Jesus Christ the one that died to save anybody. I didn't die to save them. You didn't die to save them. You can't die to save your children. But God will save them if you'll keep walking where he tells you to walk. Walk in his glory. Let your body bring forth the glory of God. I want to go back to that third, that one I just read about the 18 there. It says, but we. I want you to look back at the first one. 2 Corinthians 3.18. I want you to look at this again because i got something else to say on it. It says, but we all with open face beholding. What are you beholding today? Can I tell you, whatever you're beholding is the image that you're becoming. If in your eyes all you see is what I want, guess what? That's what the image that's coming to you. That's what you're living for. But he says, but we all with an open face beholding as in a glass of glory, Lord. If you're not beholding him, you're not beholding, you're not being transformed into his image. Now, how many here's what I'm saying? If you don't keep your eyes on him, guess what? You're not going to be in the image of Christ. It's time we turn our eyes from what this world's. Don't listen to the news in fear. Say, my God says, keep my eyes on him. When the children of Israel got to the Red Sea, they gave up. Oh, we've been better off back in Egypt. Oh, you just brought us out here to kill us. They had no idea the God that they were serving was going to part that sea right down the middle. And they walked through on dry ground. Then he was going to kill their enemy behind them. They had no idea. You have no idea what God's trying to do in your life. But if you hold fast, he will get the glory out of whatever you go through. Did you know there's a scripture? I, I got it at the end, but I'm going to read it. It says in 1 Peter 5.10, it says, But the God of all grace, who hath called us into his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that you have suffered a while. Oh, no, you mean Christians are supposed to suffer? Jesus suffered. And he said, we'll suffer with him. If you think that the, the, the apostles that followed Jesus didn't suffer, you ain't reading your Bible. They suffered greatly. But he says here, after you suffer a while, he'll make you perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. 
Why am I reading that? I want you to understand something. God is trying to bring you to a place where he, you realize that I have to obey God. That's more important than all the things that this world's got. I'll get back on that later. I want you to look at John 21. Peter went through a lot. Peter had told Jesus, I'll never deny you. They might deny you, but not me. I will never deny you. But how many knows, in one night when Jesus was arrested, he denied him three times. And when he realized what he'd done and the cock crowed and the rooster crowed, I want to tell you something. There wasn't nobody up on the earth more brokenhearted than Peter. He had made his pledge to him, to the Savior. He had watched him do all. He was the inner circle guy. He was in on everything. And here he turns and he says, I don't know him. You're wrong. You've you never seen me with him. Three times he denied him. His heart was broken. And Jesus knew it. Listen to this. In 21, I want you to look on. He goes... Peter gets up and goes fishing. But look at verse 18, John 21, 18. Jesus has already told him, you go feed my sheep. You go feed my sheep. You go feed my sheep. He told him three times. What's he telling him? I know you failed, but can I tell you, I got a call on your life. Christian, I know you failed, but don't you know Jesus is still waiting on you to get up and do what he's called you to do? And it says here, Verily, verily, Jesus says to Peter then, after he says all that, he says, Verily, verily, I say to thee, when thou was young, thou girdest thyself. This is verse 18 of John 21. You girded thyself and walked whither thou wouldest. I mean, no, you dress yourself and you go where you want to today. But when you get old, Peter, listen to me. When you get old, he says, But when thou shalt be old, thou shalt stretch forth thy hand, and another shall gird thee and carry thee whither thou wouldest not. So Peter's going to be taking places he wouldn't go. Where's that at? That's every time he had to suffer. Every time he didn't want to go where he had to suffer, but he knew walking with God, Christ is time to tell Peter, look, I got a mission for you to go on, and your mission's going to have suffering in it. Is that bad? You say, I don't want to suffer. Don't ask me to suffer. I got enough problems. You ain't got no problems but putting yourself him first. Putting him first in your life. I don't care how many kids you got. You can have ten kids. I don't care how much cooking and cleaning and, and whippings and all the other stuff you got to do every day. I don't care what you got to do. If he ain't first in your life, you're a walk in the wrong direction, and you ain't leading them nowhere. But Jesus is trying to explain to Peter, Peter, your life's changing. Your life's changing. I got a mission for you to go on. Another shall carry thee. Then in verse 19, he said, This spake he, signifying by what death he should glorify God. Did you know Peter got took to the cross? Did you know Peter throwed his hands up and they took him wherever they wanted to take him, which is to the cross. 
They wanted to get rid of him just like they did Jesus. And when he got to the cross, history tells, he said, I'm not worthy to die like my Savior. Put me upside down. Hang me upside down and crucify me. I want to tell you something. Jesus said, by what death he shall glorify God. When Peter come to that place, can I tell you, there was glory going to the Savior. He glorified the Son of God that day because willingly, willingly he surrendered. Willingly he died. I'm going with Jesus. You think you're snuffing me out, but you ain't snuffing out Jesus. You might get rid of me, but there'll be another to arrive. There'll be another to carry it on. Now, I ain't telling you how great Peter was, but Jesus is telling him in his future what's going to happen. Now, listen to what Peter does. Verse 20. Verse 20, he says, Then Peter, turning about, seeing the disciple whom Jesus loved, following, which also leaned on his breast at supper and said, Lord, which is he that betrayed thee? Wasn't Peter that said it was, it was he talking about John saying that. And Peter, seeing him, said to Jesus, Lord, what shall this man do? Now, how many knows when you get in a suffering position, you don't look and say, Lord, I'm just happy to follow you. I'll just suffer. No, you look across at somebody else and say, how come they got a blessing? I didn't get my answer. I didn't get the blessing I wanted. They got it. How come they got it? Lord, what is he going to do? What's John going to do? Praise God. You think Jesus is a, a pretty much a straight person? Listen to what he says to him. He said, Jesus said unto him, if I will that he tarry till I come, what's that to thee? You just follow thou me. How many knows what Jesus said? Peter, you ain't supposed to look this way. You look to me. You follow me. You follow what I have guided for you. I got the plans for your life. Ryan, he's got the plans for your life. And you know what? You can try to walk around it. You can dance around it. You can try to, to do everything in the world to get away. You can get wiser. You can get more money. You can do all the things you're trying to do to get around it. But God says, Ryan, walk where I tell you to walk. And God says, I got a plan for you. And your life will glorify him. And if your life's not going to glorify him, you're not asking for God. You're asking for your own blessing. America wants to be blessed, but they don't want God in it. And don't you know the only glory in this country is the fact that we have had God in our country. When we remove him, we've lost our glory. We've lost the power. We've lost the strength behind the country that we are. And our leaders don't know that. People in the flesh that thinks they're beating the system, they don't know that. They look down at everybody else, and they think, I can do this myself. I can get rich. That ain't God behind them. That's the enemy. Then went the saying abroad among the brethren that the disciples should not die. Talking about John. 
Yet Jesus said not to him, he shall not die, but if I, but he said, if I will tarry, will that he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? How many knows what John had planned? God had planned for John. You know what? John was going to write the book of Revelation. John was going to be, he was going to live, outlive all the rest of the apostles. And he's going to be on the, on the Isle of Patmos in a, in a prison. But he's going to write the book of Revelation. Now I don't know about you, but there's a whole lot of plans God had for John. You can say God just loved John. Everybody knew God just loved John. John was the one leaning. When you see that picture of the Last Supper, he's the one leaning upon Jesus. What Scripture says. And John, when you look at John's gospel, it's different than the others. He right away knows he's the Son of God. He right away, he's the one that says he's the I am all through this. He knew who he was. He received him. He accepted him. He knew it was greater than even the walk that he was doing at that time. He knew it was far more reaching than the end of his life. John saw way down the line. God had a plan for John just like he had for Peter. God's got a plan for you. Mark, he's got me and your brother. He's got a plan for you. But he's got a different plan for me. And I don't know if I'll be gone tomorrow. But you know what? He's got a plan for you. You do what God tells you to do, and God will raise up what he needs to raise up. How many knows what I'm saying? God knows how to fix America. But it's not going to get fixed till people decide, I want God's will, not mine. We have to get it in our mind. If we don't get it in our mind, and if you don't start joining it, you're going to be on the other side against the gospel. I don't care how you say it, how you think it. If you ignore it, you're ignoring the only word of God. That's the only thing that will get you there. It's the one that brings truth to your mind. It's the one that God speaks through. See, you can't ignore it. You can't not pray. You can't not have a relationship with God and continue to glorify him. You can't get enough money. You can have the best business in the world and give millions of dollars to the church. Can I tell you, you can get a million dollars and drop it right there. That one, that's not going to make this church one bit better. Can I tell you, we have got to walk in the glory of God. We have got to desire the glory of the Lord to shine in this church. That's God's call upon us. Listen to 2 Corinthians 4. First, the only one verse is verse 6. This is just like the beginning. How many knows what happened in the beginning? God brought forth light, didn't he? You know God created everything and God brought forth light. How many knows what a glorious day it was? to be standing there when God brought forth light. Can you imagine the God that we serve, that he calls light into existence and it comes? But here he says in 2, 4, uh, 2 Corinthians 4, 6, he says, For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. How many sees that? Did you know when Jesus come? The glory of God was on him. When you saw him, you saw the Father. And I don't, it don't get no more glorious than that. 
He came to present to all mankind the look of who the Father was. Praise God, because what he did paid our price. What he did, he had to do. It had to be done. There couldn't be another way. Jesus, the only begotten Son of God, was sent as the Messiah on a mission. And he completed it. He paid our price. That's why all of heaven and earth will glorify his name. You're talking about, well, last week we talked about in Revelation uh, five, 4 and 5 where all the, uh, the beasts that were flying in the heavens were saying, holy, holy, holy. And the four and twenty elders, which is the church, falls on their knees and begins to cry out, holy, 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 glory to his name. Why? Because there is no other that paid the price but him. No other has the power to take the scrolls from the hand of the Father and to open them up. There is no other name, brother. There is no other place. If you're glorying and you're beholding something and you're glorying and what you're beholding, oh, when I get that house, oh, when I get that car, oh, when I get that wife or that husband, oh, I'll be such a... I'll be such a shining person. Man, I'm going to look so good walking down the street with that man on my arm. Let me tell you something. I praise God for my wife, but she ain't my glory. I praise God she is a glorious, beautiful person. But can I tell you something? That was a gift of God for me. I needed it. That's the way I look at it. But it still came from God. It's still because my Savior loved me. My Lord cared about me. He took everything I failed him at. He forgave me, and he brought me to a path to walk for him. So did he you if you're walking for him. Look down at verse 15 of the same chapter, fourth chapter of 2 Corinthians. Verse 15 says, For all things are for your sakes, that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of, of man redound to the glory of God. What does redound mean? It means to excel, to increase over and above. Now, how many knows what I'm talking about? It's saying here, all things are for your sake. Did you know the pastors and the preachers on the TVs, uh, the preachers that's all over these ministries, they're for you. Don't you know God raises up, I'm talking about the true ones. The true ones, God raises them up to speak the gospel of Jesus Christ. He puts it in their heart. It's not for their glory. It's not that you say, well, well, I, I just put me down there under Jimmy Swagger or put me down under somebody else. Let me tell you something. That ain't what it's about. You put your name under Jesus Christ. That's who you put your name under. They are nothing but the gift that God is using them to bring forth the gospel. Same with teachers, preachers, singers, and anybody else. They're, they're nobody got no big eye. Nobody's got some big program that's, oh, done more than Jesus did. Jesus is the one that saves. Program might make pat you on the back, make you feel better, but you need something to take you through the suffering days of life. So you need a body of believers to carry you, to come to you, to pray with you, to bring up 
I praise God when the songs begin to come. Sue, when the songs begin to come, because I can just feel the presence of God arising in the place. And let me tell you something. You can preach if the Spirit of God's here. I don't care who you are. I know I'm nothing sitting there. But when I stand up here, if God's with me, I'm fine. I can, I'm ready to fight the enemy. I'm ready to go out and jump over the walls and, and uh, run through the troops and all the other things. I could even witness to Biden if he showed up. You know, I could even talk to Pelosi. Yeah, she might not like it, but I can talk to her. I ain't nobody, but I would tell you something. God's trying to take us through this life to bring glory to his son, not to you and me. Get over yourself. It says, next verse, for which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perishes, yet the inward man's renewed day by day. For our light afflictions, these suffering things that we're doing, which is for a moment, but for a moment, works for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things that are, uh, which are seen, but the things which are not seen. Don't look on these temporal things. These are temporary things. Don't look upon your children and live your whole life for your children. Live your life for Christ and you'll lead your children. Listen to what I'm telling you. I cannot save my sons. I can't save my daughters. I can't do anything for my grandchildren. But I know one that can. And I must walk for him. And I probably failed my children many times. But I still got to keep getting up and walking for him. No matter what I did yesterday, today he says, I'll clean you up. I'll put you where you need to be. And I'll make you shine for your children. They'll look at you and say, what in the world happened to mom? What in the world happened to dad? He's lost his mind over religion. No, they don't see it yet, but they will. You keep glorifying Christ in your life, they'll see it. They'll see it. And, you know, I remember my mom and dad, one was Pentecostal and the other was Baptist. And all my mom's side of the family was Baptist, so they didn't like to hear about what the Pentecostals did. Pentecostals didn't want to talk to the Baptists too much. But I can remember my mother, she could argue with my dad sometimes. I'm not trying to tell him. Forgive me, his family. Mark, forgive me. Did you? But they, they had their little spurts every once in a while. And I think Pop just get frustrated. Like, I ain't going to talk to you. But can I tell you something? When my dad was gone, I would hear my mother get on the phone and she would talk to people that called looking for dad. And this happened a lot. And Vic, you probably know this. Mom always quoted what dad said. She didn't get on there and start talking about Baptists or anybody else. She told what my dad was learning and what God was doing through my dad. And she would brag on him. I know, we all got this little argument inside. Don't tell me how it is. I know how it is. But the truth is, she was proud of him. She loved him. She knew God had done a great work in him in spite of anything she thought. Maybe she was holding him to the fire a little bit. Maybe it helped him. I don't know. But I know God brought them together. God gave them the blessings of life. April, that's all I can say. I, I didn't lift their shoes. 
I can't live in your shoes. But I can see what God does. Look over at the next chapter, 2 Corinthians 5. Look at verse 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, are you in Christ today? Listen to me. When you're put in Christ, when you accept Jesus Christ, listen to what I'm telling you. He places you in here. You couldn't get in here, but he places you in him. How many knows what I'm talking about? He positions you. You are placed in him. You say, but I don't feel so clean. I don't feel. No, you're undone. You're still being worked on. But he did the work that completed you. Now he wants you to walk this road of glory. And he will do a great work in you. He's got great plans for you. But you got to stay in the place of being in Christ. Church don't want to do that today. No, we, we went and accepted Christ when we was a little kid and BB, and I praise God for that. But can I tell you, from that time on, they don't want to walk with God. I got plans for my own self. And I can tell you right now, God let his son pay the price for you and I, and he places you in him. You're there. Quit letting the devil tell you you ain't. You're his. You belong. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. All things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. What does that reconciled stuff mean? That means he brought you back together into relationship. He restored you. Praise God. I've been reconciled. Yeah, we're reconciled people. I don't know if you know it. Jesus reconciled us back to the Father. The Heavenly Father's plan was to send my son that he could reconcile you back into a right relationship with the Heavenly Father. That's why I know my prayers. My prayers, your prayers, have awoke the master. When we cry out from our hearts, let me, let me tell you something. God's listening. You may not think he is because you don't get everything you want. I want him to help this land. If there's any space of repentance, I want God to do it. But I remember a day when Israel had no space of repentance. So I worry. And I pray, oh God, and I continue to pray because I don't want America to fall. We have a great name across the whole nation, used to anyway, all the nations. And we're losing it because we have not the glory of God. We have not the love of God in our hearts no more. All we want to know is it's about us. I'm sorry I love Trump. He, he, I think God sent him. But can I tell you something? He's just a man. And I'll tell you right now, God won't restore him at all if he is not going to walk with God. Yeah, let's get personal with it. I really don't, I don't know that he'll come back. Me and my wife sat and watched that last night, and she said something's wrong. I said, yeah, I know it's wrong. He wants to step back in and do it the way he was doing it, but God says the glory was going to you. I don't want the glory going to you. 
You can't heal this land. I can heal this land, but it's not going to be healed by you. How many knows what I'm saying? Am I against him? No, I pray for him every day because I want him to make heaven. I know God used him for a time. But we have got to become people that knows the will of God and prays to the will of God and prays, oh, Lord, have your way. Let your kingdom come, your will be done. Every day pray it. We've been reconciled and have been given the ministry of reconciliation. To know, to wit, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses or their sins unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now, now then we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead, be reconciled to God. Paul's saying, we're standing here pleading with you. We're pleading with you. Come and put yourself in Christ. Put yourself and let him place you in him. And then begin to walk with him. Begin to put him first in all things. For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be the righteousness of God in him. It says in 1 Corinthians 1.29 that no flesh should glory in his presence, but of him are you in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption, that according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. That puts it all in a nutshell. You know what? It doesn't matter. I praise God for our good teachers. I praise God for our good singers. I pray God for our, our young people. I praise God for our elders. I praise God for the people that love God and show up here with the love of God in their heart. But the glory goes to him. All the glory goes to him. For he made you, he made me. to skip down to, I want to read this here. Psalm 49, I want you to hear this verse. Psalm 49, verse 16. Be not thou afraid, listen to this, when one is made rich. Does it bother you when somebody else gets rich? Does it? Bothers, bothers my wife, I know, bothers me. But don't you, you ever see people, they're so wealthy, they just, you know, they pay cash for houses. And, and I'm thinking, what? I couldn't pay the cash taxes on that house. What are you talking about? I just look at them like, man, where, what, what job did you have? You look, you look kind of plain, but worked all my life. I didn't have the money to pay for that stuff. But I'm not picking at that. I'm just saying, listen to what our minds does. It says, be not thou afraid when one is made rich, when the glory of his house is increased. You know, people are increasing like crazy all over the place. You know, 
Christians want to get in on that. Oh, yeah, let's see how we, even the ministries. Oh, yeah, we know how to tell you, get rich. Come here. Give us money. You'll get more and back. Just keep feeding us money. It says in the next verse, for when he dies, he shall carry nothing away. This glory shall not descend after him. How many here's what I'm saying? Do you know every rich person? Did you know Marge Schott was very rich? Marge Schott didn't take one thing with him. Trump won't take one thing with him. How many here's what I'm saying? Not a thing. You can say, but oh, he sure lived it up. Big deal. He's dead just like I'll be dead someday. He's dead like everybody else is dead. He's still in the graveyard and he couldn't take nothing with him. You could bear it with him. He can't enjoy it. He ain't alive no more. I mean, here's what I'm saying. That glory of those things, you can't take them with you. 1 Timothy 6, 7 says, For we brought nothing into this world, and it's certain we can carry nothing out. Now, I want you to listen to Hosea 4. Come on back up, Matthew, wherever you're at. Or whoever's here. I don't see that. There you are. Sorry, Matt. I looked over there and you wasn't over there. I'm sorry. Hosea. Hosea says this. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee. That thou should shalt be no priest to me, seeing thou hast forgotten the law of thy God. I will also forget thy children. Listen to God. You think God's playing a game? He said, I'll forget your children. He's talking to Israel. He's talking to his people through Hosea. He's trying to warn them to stop walking in this path of richness, this path of all your might and all your strength and all the things that you do. He's trying to explain to them, you ain't going to be my priest. And he says, as they were increased, so they sinned against me. Therefore will I change their glory into shame. Ain't it a shame that all that God did for Israel through all of the early part of the Bible, Yet they came where they went into bondage. Yet they came where they were sieged by an enemy. And they were starved. And they even got to the place where they had to kill their own children. They were sacrificing their own children. Yeah, I'm talking about the children of God. You think America ain't there? I think all they want to get back to is let's turn Cincinnati. Let's turn Cincinnati into a Las Vegas. That's all they want. They want to know where can we open up the next bar? Where can we open up the next brewery place? Let's have another parade and another party and open the door to everything that the enemy's got. Let me tell you something. God has no need to bring us back if that's what we're waiting on. You think I'm kidding you? I'm telling you, that's what he did with Israel. He watched them till they kept rejecting him, refusing him. They would walk, but yet they wanted to claim they were God's people. And we want to do the same thing in this land. And I'm going to tell you something, God's not happy with it. I'm not trying to destroy, I'm not trying to, to how you say, dump water on your little fire. I'm not trying to uh, mess up your, your fun things in life. 
But if it's this day and hour, if Israel was going into bondage, they didn't need to look for something to have fun doing. I'm sorry, but you know what? That's the way the day is. I don't think Esther had time to say, I think I'll go play on the other side of the mountain today. I think I'll go ride me a horse the other side of the mountain and enjoy myself. It wasn't time for a day off. It was a time to do what God's calling us to do. And it's a time for God to reach down and rescue us from ourselves. One thing that I seen they had on those signs for Trump last night. One thing I seen. It ain't make America great. It's save America. And I thought, somebody, God, you inspired somebody to put the right sign up. Because it's not save America for Trump. I know that's what they're thinking. But it's save America for God. For God's sake, for Christ's sake. That we can be his children. Pay a price that the gospel can be brought to people that are lost and dying. Do you know some of these leaders that we got are lost and dying? They'll, they'll split hell wide open. I'm not going to judge. But can I tell you, they need salvation. They need to be stopped in their tracks. I don't want to draw them off. I want God to do his, his good work. What Jesus did for them, they can do his work. Peter 4, 14. If you be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are you. For the spirit of glory and of God rest upon you. And on their part he's evil spoken of, but on your part he's glorified. Now listen to what I just said. I've read all these scriptures and I know it's hard to stay with me on some of this. But I want you to hear this verse, this last verse. The last one I'm going to read. It says, if you be reproached for the name of Christ. Anybody out here, out here ever been reproached? Anybody out here been, been put down for being a Christian? Have been challenged because you're a Christian? Listen to what I'm telling you. He said, if you be reproached, happy are you. Be happy. For the spirit of glory. Why would the spirit of glory and of God be upon you in that case? Because if you're willing to suffer, guess what? That is what Jesus did. He did something that had to be done no matter what they thought. They thought he went down in defeat. But don't you know he won a great victory? Don't you know when you stand in the gap and you stand up for Christ, don't you know the spirit of glory and of God is resting on you? I'm willing to suffer for you, Lord. Whatever you tell me to do, I'll do it. Can I tell you, just like Peter, even in death, Lord, glorify me when I leave this life, even in death. Make my life shine for Jesus. My Father, I know so many elders that left this life with their testimony right out on their face. There wasn't a bit of shame. They didn't sit around and say, poor me, sorry me, I, I don't deserve this. I deserve better. My, some of my family came to one of the funerals. My dad came in. One of, one of us brought him. I don't know who us brought him, but somebody brought him. And dad came, and he's down to skin and bone. And he walked in there, and half of the Pruitts, 
that were there, Ryan, they were crying. Why? It wasn't because Normie. I know Normie was loved and all that, but the truth is they were weeping over what happened to my father. He had lost his ability to speak. He had loved them. He'd done funerals for them. He had witnessed to them, and he would go by, and I remember seeing him, seeing him as he'd walk up that aisle, and he'd go by, and he couldn't say nothing, but he'd pat him on the shoulder and just grin real big skinny as he was. And they began to weep. The weeping was going on. I could see it. And I thought to myself, the glory goes to God. See, they knew he had never stopped. Even in his condition, he still wanted to praise God. He still wanted God to get the glory. Let me tell you something. We're going to die, every one of us. I want to walk that path, Sue. I want to walk to the end. I don't want nobody to think I'm whining and crying. No more murmuring. DJ said it. No more murmuring. Stop your murmuring and crying. I'm going home someday, and it's a glorious day. Because I read in the Bible when I'm with the 24 and 20 elders, I have nothing to look down at. I'm looking up. Don't look down. Look up. We're going home. Everyone stand if you will. It's a little different message. But we have a call on our lives. The glory goes to God. Is the glory going to God in your life? You know. Are you trying to bring glory to Him? Or are you worried about protecting yourself? Bring glory to Him. Bring glory to Him. It's the glory of God that He'll save someone in the last minutes of their life. It's the glory of God that he'll save them and give them grace to walk forward. It's the glory of God that he'll save you. And then when you fail him, he'll say, that's all right. I know what you did. But don't you know I love you? Don't you know Jesus paid the price for all sin? You come bring yourself to me. The woman had five husbands. One she was with wasn't hers. things for you, not just churches. He done all these things for you. But it's going to take you to not be ashamed to say, I want to walk where he is. I want to walk in his steps, not mine. You come.